I want to take a break from the podcast right now and I want to give you a gift. I don't want to do that to thank you for being a listener. I put my heart and soul into this podcast. I love interviewing today's experts, researchers, MDs, psychologists, sleep trainers, you name it. I just, I hope you feel inspired to take care of yourselves and your families. And I just want to thank you for, for being a listener and hanging out with me. So the code podcast10 is going to give you a one-time $10 off code at kellylevesque.com, your next order of protein powder. You can either use that on my grass-fed beef isolate protein or on my new vegan chocho bean protein. Now, here's what I love about my protein powders. It's three ingredients or less. So we don't use fillers, emulsifiers, no fortified vitamins or minerals. It's easy to digest and naturally made without any enzymes or chemicals like hexane. So it's three ingredients. With my grass-fed beef isolate, that's 100% grass-fed beef, and it's made in the way that you would make bone broth. So just heat and water. And we dehydrate it, that end product to get that collagen-rich protein powder that your whole family can drink. It can be added to coffees, to smoothies, and you can get it in vanilla, chocolate, and unflavored. I wanna point out that my vanilla and chocolate is made with organic vanilla bean, organic cacao, and the only sweetener used is organic monk fruit. We don't use any maltodextrin. Our monk fruit is 100% ground monk fruit, and it's organic. And with my vegan line, I'm so excited to have launched this and to have it out into the world. It's a regenerative bean from South America called the chocho bean. And the chocho bean is the most superior plant-based protein powder you can get your hands on because not only is it a complete protein, but the process is made with heat and water only. They're crushed and soaked, and what that end product results in is an anti-nutrient-free protein powder. So you're not gonna have any lectins, phytates, or oxalates in your protein powder. Makes it super easy to digest, and it's really, really delicious and robust in cooking as well. So I love it if I want a thicker smoothie or a smoothie bowl, and I also love it in my baked goods, from my cookies to my muffins, pancakes and breads. It's the perfect protein addition. So if you wanna give either of these proteins a try or you've already been purchasing these proteins and wanna take advantage of this special deal, the code PODCAST10 is gonna get you $10 off for being a listener here at the Be Well by Kelly podcast. So head to kellylevesque.com or bewellbykelly.com Put the protein you'd like to purchase in your cart and use the code PODCAST10 for $10 off. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. Dr. Christian Gonzalez is a naturopathic oncologist who earned his Bachelor of Science degree at Rutgers University and his medical doctorate at the University of Bridgeport's College of Naturopathic Medicine and completed his residency at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America. He is the founder of the integrative health company, The Swell Score, and the host of the podcast, Heal Thyself. Let's welcome Dr. Christian Gonzalez to the show. Dr. G, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you and that we were able to schedule this today. It's I already know it's going to be a fun conversation based on our like pre-taping combo. We're just... I just am so thankful for the work that you do, the free information that you put out on, on social media, the, just the empowering nature of your wellness position. So thank you for being here and for, for sharing. I know it's a lot of work every day and you're, you're, you're doing the, the hard work for everybody. Oh man, what an honor, Kelly. It's a pleasure to be here. And I know it's going to be a good conversation because you are passionate just like I am. And we just want to serve 
our purpose and serve the world and serve people to their highest health. And if it's the same vibe, when you put two and two together, it's always a really powerful conversation. Definitely. Well, let's start with how you got started. You are a naturopathic oncologist. It's a specialty. What led you to this? How'd you get there? Well, my mom. My mom was diagnosed with breast cancer in uh, 2008. I was in school to be a dentist. I was in my third semester. (laughs) So I was learning how to drill teeth and we had the dummies and I was taking all the tests and I was like, wow, I'm going to be a dentist. Really, I want to be an orthodontist, but I learned really quick that orthodontists have to be like the top 1% in the class. And I came out of college and I was like, hey, I, I know my stuff pretty well. I'm pretty good at science. And then you're putting a group of people who are like super, super, we're talking about next level. I was like, whoa, these guys are really smart. These girls are really smart. So I, I was learning more uh, about the dentistry field and how cool it is. And then my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. So come the winter break, I came back home and it was crazy. The last time I left her, she had color in her face. She was 20 pounds heavier. She had hair. And in the time that I was in the Midwest in school, I come back and she had lost so much weight. Her life was sucked out of her. And we're talking about a woman who the first note of a salsa song, she's already dancing. You know, like there's, she's, there's music, she's dancing, she's cooking, she's the life of the party. And it's, I've never, ever in my life, and at that time, 26 years of my life, seen my mom as a shell of herself. So that was kind of terrifying. Still, I was of the belief that my mom's strong. And, you know, like she has this, this really, like I've been through a tough road and, and grew up in New York. And like, there was no doubt in my head that she can get through this. And at the time, you know, she was in chemotherapy, radiation, surgery. She had a double mastectomy. So she had tubes. It was, it was really difficult for her. But I had to go back to school. But in the time that I was going back to school, she had me read this book. And uh, if I recall the title, it was called the Martha's Vineyard Diet or something that someone gave to her. Maybe at the, at the you're nodding your head because you might have heard of it then. But someone gave it to her. So I read it on the plane back to, back to school. And the first thing I noticed, I was like, how can a publisher be so dumb? I go, there's an there's a ND, not an MD. How can you literally just miss the letter? I, I go, at the time, I had no idea what a naturopathic doctor was. So I'm looking and I open up the book and I read about the author and I go, naturopathic doctor? I go, what the hell is this? I go, this is so weird, this, this, this buzzword. And then I'm reading more about the schooling. And then I read through the book and I was like, interesting. So I, at the time... There was no, I didn't have any uh, internet on my phone. I had like, I think it was a Blackberry, but I wasn't using, I don't know, something. I get home, I, I, I immediately run to my computer. I'm talking about, a, my bags are still on the floor. I didn't unpack. Get on my laptop, I open it up and I start just researching all about naturopathic medicine. What is it? And when I started reading about the tenets of, of how we heal and why we heal and, and how we allow the body to heal and move the obstacles to healing and give the body what it needs, I go, holy shit. I go, I've been missing out in my whole life purpose of being a healer. I knew I wanted to help people. I'm in the field of it, but I'm not in the right ballpark. I'm not in the right ballpark. I mean, I, I, I was in a completely different part of the, the field and I was go, what am I doing? So in that moment, it hit me. I was like, I got to leave. I got to get out of here and I, I got to go. Three semesters in, I don't know, many, many thousands of dollars in debt already. And I, I just left. And I go, I'm going to, I'm going to be a naturopathic doctor. And this wave of intuition went from my feet to my knees, to my hips, to my chest and all over my body. And in that moment, I go, I'm never going to forget this feeling because it's something deeper talking to me. And I got intuition tattooed on my wrist for that reason, because I always wanted to remember what that felt like. And that just 
exploded. Like when I was in school, I was sucked up all the information. I was learning so much. I, I started performing really well in school. Like I was, cause I loved it. In, in my first year, my mom got really sick. She degraded metastasized from her breast to her brain. She died right around finals week. And I was in, I was in the hospital with her, like comforting her, hang out with her when she fell asleep. I would study for the finals. It was like a whole process. But the, but the powerful thing is this, I never wanted to go into cancer. I always thought it was something that I would never be strong enough to do because it's tough, as you know, as we were talking about off air. And after she passed away, it wasn't more than a month where I was like, now I don't have a choice. Now this is, it's literally like, oh, that might be my destiny. And then it was like trailblazed and the, 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 literally the trails in front of me that goes, go this way. And since then, it was so rewarding to leave school, get into my residency, work with in an integrative cancer team, and see thousands of people and see how powerful it is when we have an integrative approach to their healing with nutrition, naturopathic medicine, right? Physical therapy, acupuncture, mind-body medicine. We're talking about these people going through traditional therapies that, that literally conventionally will wear you out. You and I have seen people go through surgery, radiation, and chemo and be a shell of themselves like my mom was. But if she had integrative healing and integrative therapy, who knows? She might be here or she might not. But regardless, she would have gone through that process so much better. And that was the most beautiful thing when I saw finally those fruits of all of that trauma and the labor finally come forth. So that's how I got into it. Long-winded answer. But cancer, cancer therapy and cancer healing is always, always very near and dear to my heart. Well, I had full body chills when you told the story of your mom. I'm really sorry for your loss. I think you've made um, the passionate decision to go and heal so many other people as um, homage to your mother and mm-hmm. a really a special way to remember what she went through and your power in this world. And you've taken a hold of it. And it's very mm-hmm. obvious that you had no choice but to go that direction. And I'm glad that you didn't feel if you had stayed in dentistry, I, I no doubt would know that you would be like a holistic dentist talking <laughs> about the oral microbiome. You would have made your yes. way there. Like I know it, but I'm really, I'm really thankful that there, that you took the step into oncology because yep. I have seen firsthand, it was eight years of my life watching and being a part of can- breast cancer treatment from mastectomy, lumpectomy to radiation to oncology. These women are completely broken down. And, you know, I was excited about the genetics of like a feeding pathway and being able to map tumor genes and understand that stuff. But even then, no one was talking about moving the obstacles. And that was something you just said that stuck out to me, moving the obstacles, looking at the whole body, the mind, body, medicine, acupuncture, nutrition, physical therapy. Can you talk about what it means to treat a patient in an integrative way who's suffering Mm -hmm. from cancer? And what are those, what are the first things you start to look at in their life and changes that you make? Yeah. If cancer was solely a genetic disease, cancer would be cured many, many centuries ago or many decades ago. The biggest problem is that we, we, we are so good as scientists in, in this field. We are so good at mapping genes and looking at the mechanisms and going, this is the tumor suppressor. Oh no, this is the one that's promoting it. Oh, we found a new, we found a new gene. The crazy thing is, is that 10%, 15% of cancers are going to come from genetics. The rest is the epigenetic aspect of it. The rest is all of the environmental stuff, internal, internal, that is that you're exposed to that is influencing cancer. So if if that's the truth, and we know that in medicine, 
then why wouldn't the model ever be something that is integrated that can tackle all of the predeterminants and determinants of cancer throughout life? Because it is multifactorial. It's not just you didn't exercise all your life, you have cancer, you know, or you ate crappy foods all your life and you have cancer because you and I both know people who've eaten. I know grandparents of, of mine who have eaten really crappy and they've lived till 90 something. This isn't like, I feel like everyone has a grandparent or someone, <laughs> someone that they know that they've smoked all their life in this. And, and the thing is there's, there's different factors. So when I came out of the residency and I really started working up in San Francisco in a clinic, I was sort of starting to create my own pie chart of all of the things that I ever learned that have to do with cancer. And we know evidence-based wise, there's the whole nutrition aspect, super, super important that we know. We know there's the lifestyle, smoking, alcohol, right? We also know that there's a stress component. We also know that there's, there's the, the exercise movement, stress, alcohol. What am I missing? Is there anything else? Yes. Yes. So we, we have all of these known causes for, and some, and there's some infectious diseases causing cancer, like H. pylori uh, for stomach cancer, Epstein-Barr virus, cytomovegulovirus, cytomovegulovirus. Why can't I say this? CMV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cytomovegulovirus. Okay. Anyway, it's been a while since I've been said that, saying that word. Anyway, there are known factors, but why aren't any of us talking about the other factors that I've seen clinically that I've tested for, right? There are environmental toxins. We don't talk about that at all. And that's the biggest travesty because when I started drawing that pie for patients, right? And I would have uh, patient A, patient B, patient C, who I came in with cancer, young girl, 30 years old with breast cancer. And I'm drawing this pie chart. And that's what I would do before we do all the testing, before we do the treatment, I draw, I draw their own personalized pie chart of what my theory is on what happened with them, right? Look, after I deemed out everything and, and took it out. And what I found is environmental toxins is... Mm, massive, massive, massive contributor to cancer. But why? Well, we know that there's exposures that we have in the form of chemicals that are carcinogens, for sure. All of us are exposed to it every day. At what level? Different levels, depending on our home air. But also, you, Kelly, may be amazing at metabolizing those chemicals, where me, I may have a really sluggish metabolism, right? I, my, my, maybe I can't detox those chemicals very well for A or B reason. Maybe a diet is adding on to it. Maybe my genetics are already born poor in that, in, that, in that way. So so when I started seeing the full picture, I go, wow, there's a big, big chunk that we're not talking about environmental toxins. And then that's when my career went from cancer and environmental medicine, because I started really bringing to people's awareness in, in a way that they don't get overwhelmed, right? But more empowered, right? Our home air that we're breathing in, what are we breathing in? Is, is the bed that we're sleeping in exposing us to hormone disruptors? Are those hormone disruptors leading us to inflammation in the future? We know that some of, some of the chemicals can be xenoestrogens, like BPA, right? Something that, that we, you and I both know leads to breast cancer, can lead to ovarian cancer. So when we think about everything without ever getting overwhelmed, there are routes that we can take in our life to better our home air. Right there's there's investments that we can make for the future. Go okay, the the life of our bed is done. Let's invest in a really good quality bed. Let's invest in a good quality air filter. I want to get this really beautiful couch, but does it have formaldehyde? Does it have adhesives that are off gassing for the life of the couch? Right. What about flame retardants? Now I'm learning about these things. Does the stuff in my home have it? Because just because we don't feel it when we walk into a home immediately 
doesn't mean that it's not filling up that cup over time. And when it fills up the cup over time, maybe based on your genetics, Kelly, you get arthritis, but maybe based on my genetics, I get cancer, right? It's different for different people, but regardless, that cup at a different size based on your genetics and stress level is different and fills up differently for different people. But it's something that we absolutely have to talk to uh, talk about. For me, it's with the education that you put out there, you can kind of envision it as, like you said, a cup over overflowing and overfilling, like your, your body is capable of healing. Like, right. That's mm-hmm. the name of your podcast. Heal thyself. Like yeah. you are capable. And when it has the time and the space and the energy to do it, there's program self death. There's apoptosis. Mm-hmm. Like the body can get rid of what's not working. But I think when we're constantly overworked, whether that's because we're trying to metabolize out endocrine disrupting chemicals, these forever chemicals, the xenoestrogens, Mm -hmm. and we're also stressed and we also have poor air quality and we don't have a break for any type of a fast, even if it's like a 12 hour overnight fast for our body, because we're eating Mm -hmm. from the minute we wake up till 10 PM at night. Like there is no space. There's no space for healing. There's no space. Exactly. And, And this is, and what you're highlighting is those obstacles, right? We, we, let's think about it this way. When we tear, when, when we cut our, our knee, you scrape it, the body has a very a beautiful innate ability to heal that we don't really think about ever when we're young. And sometimes even when we're old, we don't really, I cut my finger the other day in the kitchen and I don't really think much about it. I'm like, oh, look, it's healing well. But the mechanisms, the innate ability to want to create balance, homeostasis is that is our very nature. Our body wants to survive. Now, whether it's physical insult, chemical insult, or even mental emotional insult, the body's always trying to restore balance. One way that we really do get in our own way of healing and an obstacle to cure, an obstacle to healing, especially in cancer, is the mental emotional stuff. And it's, it's it's the third thing that I saw that we are not talking about. Right. And I mentioned, I mentioned the lifestyle, the nutrition, the infections, cytomegalovirus, the infections, right? We talked about just basically that chronic inflammation, blood sugar. We know these things play a role to it. But in the conversations I hear about cancer, no one is really discussing the environmental toxin aspect and then the mental emotional stuff. What I mean by that is this, is that, and this is, this is not a truth across the board, but what I noticed when I was in practice and seeing so many people is that there is some level of trauma that patients are burdened with in their body, right? And we have to think about those cups again. As, when that cup finally overflows, we manifest the disease. But we can eat the best diet. We can be in the sun. We can drink no alcohol, right? We can practice breath work. We can rid the, our immune system could be robust, but if we're holding on to this thing in our nervous system and our nervous system is getting the input every single day that the world is not safe because of a trauma that feels like it happened yesterday to you, but happened in your childhood or your teenage years or even young adulthood, whatever it is, whether it's a physical trauma, like a car accident, a mental, emotional trauma, right? Something that really, really hurt you at some point and you're holding that in and your body's remembering it. Your nervous system is, is holding that in so hard and so deeply that every single day the world isn't safe. Imagine what that, what communication it's giving the rest of your body. What is your immune system doing in reaction to that, right? What is your detoxification system doing in reaction to that? And what I found is that there is a, it, across the board, and I've, I've, I've gave the best supplements, the best recommendations to patients. It wasn't until I saw people release that deep, 
deep, deep seated emotion when I saw miracles in cancer. And I'm, that's, and I'm telling it straight up as it is. And look, I haven't been in practice for three years, but when I was in practice and I seen thousands of cancer patients, the biggest miracles in cancer was when someone saw cancer as an opportunity to look deeper. And when they look deeper, and this isn't woo, this is literally nervous system talk. When they look deeper and they go, I have to release this and process this and integrate this trauma. So my, my nervous system is actually liberated from holding all of that stuff in. And I can walk through the world and going, it's safe. Whether I got into a car accident and I hear a car honk next to me, my nervous system isn't shutting down or closing up. And I'm in sympathetic, sympathetic nervous system branch all the time. And I can relax into it. Or if I hear a man's voice at night, you know, and I was assaulted when I was young or something, that I can, I can relax and go, I'm safe in this neighborhood. It's not until we give our body the full permission through release of that deep, deep, deep-seated trauma that it, it's really hard to heal from most diseases. And what I found is in my career, that's, that's we're talking about a, a, a deep root of all health. And I wanted to bring that up because in cancer, if you're doing all those things, but you're not looking at the mental, emotional, or even the spiritual part of it, then you're doing only half the work, right? And, and I say that to anyone who has cancer, give yourself the opportunity and think, just think. Have you processed any traumas? Have you, and trauma is not just like, big T traumas. It can be when you were just like made fun of when you really were open and happy and like performing in a play and thought you were singing really well. And the whole class embarrassed you. That's a trauma because maybe you don't use your voice the way you should be or could be or can be. Right. So that's the power that we have within us to let that go and start, the, start ourselves anew. And when we start ourselves anew, our nervous system is safe. And when we, our nervous system is safe, our whole body is working in harmony. And when our body is working in harmony, it's very difficult for disease to exist. You make such an important point, and it's really refreshing to me to have doctors who've been in practice and seen really scary disease bring it back to this place of spiritual and emotional health and to work through traumas because it it's true. Like you can look at research that shows people who have have stress in their lives or they see an increase in interleukin six. We have Mm-hmm. We have markers, we have inflammatory markers that can be from that mental, emotional, stressful place that if, is it, if it is a trauma for you and you have this low-grade inflammation in your body that's chronic, there's that cup again. Like there's that overflow. How can you heal? It's, right. it's so, so important that you, that you bring that up. And I want to go back to your pie chart because it seems like all these little pieces fit in the pie. You mentioned your home, air, your beds, you know, estrogens. Can you talk about some of those free and easy ways? And then maybe the more investment ways that people can empty their cup, like keep that, we're all going to deal with some bit of chemical exposure. We're going to deal with some stress exposure. We're going to have things that are unavoidable, but mm-hmm. what, how can we get the biggest bang for our buck with an investment? And what is free and easy that we can start implementing in our lives to like really pour some of that, pour some of that overflow out? Let's talk about the, the good stuff, the free stuff, right? And it's funny because I'm in the process of writing a book on all the free stuff that makes you your most resilient to not only toxins and mold and disease, but also like, stress, right? How can we, how can we take that cup or proverbial cup, whatever size it is, mine could be a shot glass. Yours could be a 42 ounce glass bottle, but how do we dump it? And we go, okay, I'm starting anew. 
right? I'm starting anew. My resiliency and that cup is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So you have to get back to nature. You have to think about what your nature is. And our true nature follows rhythms, right? So if you're sleeping poorly, you're out of rhythm, right? So first and foremost, you have to audit what are your sleep habits? Are you staying up at night, right? Once the sun comes down, are you on your phone? Are you, on, are you exposed to blue light on your laptop, on your TV? Also, bright light plays a major role. It doesn't matter if you have blue blocker glasses and you have your lights all the way bright, you're still getting signals that are disrupting that melatonin system. So if you're not fully releasing melatonin, one of the most powerful anti-cancer hormones in your body at night to the optimum, then you got to think about the disservice you're doing to your body. So getting back to nature means falling asleep at the right time. That and, and sometimes that's difficult for me because I had a really bad habit of staying up like one o'clock, two o'clock, and I'm like inspired at one o'clock. I'm like, I'm going to paint a picture, a beautiful picture, and I'm painting it at one o'clock in the morning. And then it's three and I'm like, I'm exhausted. But follow those rhythms. So you'll notice that once the sun comes down, and if you do have, let's say, blue blockers on, I put them on at night, you turn down all the, the brightness of all the, all the lights in your house, put on a Himalayan salt lamp, you'll soon find, and especially if you don't eat late, You'll soon find like 9.30, you're starting to get really tired and 10 o'clock and then you're coming back to your own night rhythms. So once you train your body to do that, you're waking up and all of a sudden your cortisol, the good stress hormone that you're supposed to have really high in the morning is going to be skyrocketing up and your melatonin is going to come down, but you're going to wake up at a time that your body wants to wake up, right? You go outside and this is where light plays such an important role. Light, light, light. Light is such a healer and it's free. Go outside within 20 minutes of being up. Let the light hit your eyes. I wear contacts or glasses. I have nothing. It's naked eyes and I'm letting light hit my face. So it's getting the signal. All of the cells in my body on their biological rhythms are going, yes, we know what time it is. Activate this mechanism, activate this pathway because we are ready to go, right? And all of a sudden you're getting yourself back into rhythm. I would highly suggest movement in the mornings. Free, again, go on a walk. Whether you live in Minnesota or you live in Southern California, bundle up or put on whatever you want to and just walk. And at some point in your walk, try to get some natural grass or sand or dirt, take off your shoes, put your feet on the ground, right? Why? Because negative ions do play a role, an anti-inflammatory role, right? They help balance your blood sugar, they're antioxidant. It's crazy to think, but the universe or the world is here to give you free energy and free healing. And we evolve with our feet on the ground, so put your feet on the ground. This isn't like woo stuff. Go look up the science of grounding and you'll see it. So already, this is getting back to nature, right? Make sure you uh, pay attention to your breath throughout the day, right? You're going to come, inevitably, you're going to come back home, you're going to start working and you're going to get an email or you're going to get a ping on Slack and you're going to go, okay, okay, this is, uh, this is my boss or this is my client or something. And someone's mad. There's always a problem that happens. This is the best opportunity that you have to create that space for yourself to go, okay, even though this happens, I'm not going to have a disproportionate reaction based on the crap I'm holding in, but I'm able to create space with what I'm observing and I'm able to breathe. This is where breath is so important because if you can catch your breath in the moments where you find yourself holding it and your nervous system is going, nope, this isn't a safe email. This isn't a safe Slack. I'm having a disproportionate reaction. Take that breath and go literally five seconds. Take three breaths deep in from the belly, deep out, all the way out. Do it three, three to five times, then answer the email. It's a beautiful thing because you're able to create awareness. So now you have one of the best anti-anxiety pills. It's not even a pill. Interventions, better than anything that you can be doing because you're able to do it yourself and it's free. 
find the time in your day to create a ritual for yourself. I do mine in the morning. It could be literally on your lunch break. It can be at night. But if you find the time to create a ritual for yourself, you're giving yourself that self-care. Now, self-care isn't just laying in a bath you know, with a cucumber mask on, which I have no problem doing. I do it every Saturday. But self-care is carving out time in your day to come back to yourself, right? To turn off the slack, to turn off the emails, to turn off the Instagram, the Facebook, the Twitter, to turn it all off, right? And if you have kids, great. But take some time to yourself. You could do it in the shower. Even if you're super busy, take those 10 minutes in the shower to go, I'm going to come back to myself with breathing. This is going to be a super mindful. If I don't have time to meditate today for 30 minutes, I'm going to have a mindful shower. So every piece of inch that soap touches, I'm going to really be feeling it. And I'm going to feel the water running. If you can come back to yourself once a day, that is the best medicine you can possibly have, right? It's free, free, right? Home air, open, your, open the door, open the um, window when you can, right? Let the air circulate in your home. I would highly suggest, and here's the first th- thing that costs something, an air filter. You can Which get one? a high quality. Well, there's, there's a few that I like. I have no association with them. I don't make any money off them. I, I have Air Doctor. There's a good one. It's IQ Air and Austin Air. They all do a really good job of cleaning. They, they, have, they have expansive cleaning surf, circumference, basically. They're doing a lot of cleaning in the home. And they're high quality, they're HEPA, and they'll take a lot of the crap out there, right? All of those off-gassing chemicals that's coming out from your couches and your beds and your floors, they do a really good job of cleaning it out and they do it pretty fast. Those are the three best that I've found so far. There's probably other good ones. It's the ones that I know. Great. So that's the home air. And like what, the home air is amazing. It's, it's so powerful, but do those things to build your resiliency first. Come back to your nature so you're more resilient even if you're investing in an air filter and you're breathing in air and, and you know, you're, you're, you're exposed to all this stuff. And yeah, and t- whatever you're cleaning your house with, get better cleaning products. That stuff off gas is big time. We, you can measure the air. It's usually, it's usually t- uh, one to 10 times more polluted than outside air, the indoor air. But when you're cleaning in the home, it's almost up to 100 times more polluted than outdoor air. So be very aware that there's non-toxic uh, substitutes to cleaning supplies. Back to the home era, pay really close attention to what you're using to clean. Bleach is really, really important to stay away from, especially not only if your child has asthma, but it can produce asthma in the child. It's an asthma gen too, right? So it can it can literally be the cause of asthma in your child, especially if you're using it a lot. So be very careful with bleach. I've done shows on alternatives uh, on cleaning supplies. You can do there's do-it-yourself ones from home. You can use things like baking soda, Castile soap, borax. There's different essential oils that you can use. There's There's different combos of it that you can have. I have a post on different ones that you can do. So anyway, like it's out there and it's, it's, if not the same price, if you do it yourself at home, it's cheaper bang per buck, right? Yeah. Those are the things that I can think of, but rituals, keep your time to yourself, make some time. Sometimes for me, it's literally 15 minutes in the day. I try to have like an hour and a half, two hours. That's a great, then I've done all everything I want to do. But if it's 15 minutes, at least I go, I'm going to meditate or I'm going to breathe. I'm going to journal. I'm going to dance and I'm going to sing and then create art or something like that within there that makes me happy today. And then I know I'm ready for my day. Whatever it throws at me, my, my cup is like huge that day. And that's what we deserve, to have huge cups every single day. It's, I mean, you're not a parent. 
right? Um, no. So that's like really important when you have kids. It's like you want a long fuse. You don't want a short fuse with your kids. You don't want a short fuse with your coworkers. You just, and it does, it really, it's that silly saying of like, put your own oxygen oxygen mask on first yeah. because it your ability to be resilient, like you say, to manage the stressors of life, then you're not as emotionally charged by something that is a quote unquote problem, especially if it is being like built up into something that it really isn't like oh, most things are completely manageable and we work through them and we deal with them it's that initial onslaught of oh god what's happening and you're able to get through that let's take a minute to talk about my favorite sparkling beverage sound tea sound tea makes bubbles infused with only organic tea botanicals and fruit extracts so you can say goodbye to sugar and artificially sweetened drinks without missing the sweetness they're 100 certified organic completely unsweetened and they create way more fun and unique flavors than most traditional sparkling waters for example their blueberry cinnamon and hibiscus tea is one of my all-time favorites it's also perfect if you have a soda problem because they have caffeinated tea options if you're a client of mine we'd immediately replace that soda habit with a caffeinated sound tea. And then for someone who needs a caffeine-free option, for example, I loved their um, sparkling chamomile tea when I was pregnant. It sort of tastes like a vanilla soda. It's delicious. And I've used their sparkling rose tea to replace a rosé habit, to pull that alcohol. So there are so many uses for sound tea. And I just, I'm so proud of the owners for sticking to their guns and never using artificial or natural flavors, only using organic extracts, organic teas that are loaded with polyphenols, and really offering an elevated option for sparkling beverages. So if you guys want to give Sound Tea a try, head to drinksound.com and use the code BEWELL20 for 20% off your entire order online. Now, if you don't want to buy them online, head to select Whole Foods stores or any Erewhon store to snag a can or a glass bottle and give it a try yourself. Okay, so we have some air filters as a way to invest in our health. You've mentioned the mattress. Seems like you're taking those things in our in your life that would create the biggest bang for your buck. Like air yeah. and a lot of time spent on a mattress. What are some of your favorite mattresses for mm -hmm. people to to invest in? Yeah, um I do work Birch sponsors my my show. They're a super high quality mattress. I have one. My girlfriend has one. My dad has one. My brother has one. So my loved ones have them. Avocado is a great one too. Really high quality one. Those were two of the best that I found. Although there's other really good affordable ones. Brentwood Home makes a good one too. That's affordable. That's the one that I had three years ago. You know, I had a, a the queen size Brentwood Home and super affordable and super clean. So it's there's at this point, man. When I when I was like. In, leaning into this six years ago, there was hardly any beds. Now there's all these certifications. Look for the different certifications. Look for the materials they're using. Green Guard Gold Certified is a really high quality certification for not only mattresses, but any bedding that you have. You want to make sure, or even couches, right? That's assuring you that uh, the volatile organic compounds that you're breathing in, those chemicals are at low levels or negligible or non-existent. That's amazing stuff. That's what I look for. And then there's another one called OEKO Text, OECO Text. That's really important because it shows you that all the textiles being used are clean. And then there's the GOT certified and GOAL certified. That's for the um, cotton and latex, respectively. 
And that's also telling us that it's organic and doesn't have harsh chemicals sprayed on it. Those four certifications, if, if you learn anything, you, I, you don't even have to go with the ones I mentioned. Look, look at one up that you're interested in and see if it has any certifications. I did a bed show on my show and part of the criteria on the Excel sheet was to yes or no certification on each one. And it ended up the ones that I mentioned had all of them. So it's really good um, quality ones. But regardless, any mattress is better than the Tempur-Pedic that many people were sleeping on, including me in college. Right. No, I remember I had a Tempur-Pedic as well. And it smelled for, I feel like months. Like your rooms just smell like the Tempur-Pedic. And the minute I learned a great Tempur-Pedic replacement is Essentia. Do you know about that brand? It's funny because I just passed it over here in Venice the other day. And I, and it, I passed it and it said the, a natural substitute to Tempur-Pedic and it said Essentia. And I go, what the heck is that? And can you tell me more about it? Yeah. So those are my mattresses. We uh, purchased Essentia probably now it's got to be at least six or seven years ago, but there's no resin. So they pour tree sap into a mold and they bake it and it feels amazing. It's just like the Tempur-Pedic that you would be used to, but there is no smell. And anyone who's ever stayed at our house (laughs) says we have great mattresses. So I'm, I'm, I love them. I, I'm also like looking into new mattresses because we're coming up on like a life cycle of almost 10 years, somewhere around there. And we're moving to a new home. So I'm looking at like, okay, what am I, what am I doing for furniture? What am I doing for an air filter? What am I doing for a water filter? Yeah. And, and really making those pur- purposeful decisions to invest in our health and things that I maybe didn't do because I've always been in rentals, like getting a reverse osmosis put into a rental, like I was that person who have used, has used a Berkey for a long time or, mm-hmm. you know, finding those water filters that work for me and my family yeah. in a temporary location. So it's really been fun to think about, all right, now I have this blank slate of my first home at, you know, I'm going to be 39 next year. So it's taken me a while to get there, but to think like, oh, I get to, I get to create this. I get to be creative, but also like create this, well, like my little wellness sanctuary is like what the vibe is of the house. Like less is more like a bigger kitchen table. I don't need room for, I don't need room for, you know, a buffet where I'm going to store all these plates I never use. Like I want more people around a circle table because I want Mm -hmm. everyone to feel like they're talking like things like that from a purposeful place, especially. And what I care the most about and my contractors think it's pretty funny, but I'm like, I need to know what, what plastic piping is going into my house and where these filters are going. And if I'm, you know, if I'm coming in contact with water that is full of plastic. Yeah. It's, it is. It's funny because you have to think about the worlds that people are living in. Contractor has no idea what the implications of are of that. So, but for you, you're hyper aware. So it's two different worlds. So I, I see it all the time, but actually something like moving into your own home, it's really important, right? And this brings up many different topics. So you you brought, you taught, mentioned water filter. Yeah, like I, I've been in rentals. I have the Berkey. I also have the Aquature. I have both. And I use both, right? The Aquature, I can't really lug when I travel, but I always bring the Berkey with me when I do my trips, right? So I, at least I have something to, to, to utilize clean water. Super important to have a really, really good water filter. Moving into a home, paint, volatile, organic, chemical paint, all those compounds that are coming out. You have to make sure you have low VOC paint. That's one major, major, and it's not for the life of the wall or the paint, but it's certainly in the short term, it's a big exposure 
So even if you are painting, make sure you're, you're circulating the air, getting air, air, really good high quality air, air filters. The furniture now you're bringing to your home, more intentional. The couches, right? The water that you're being exposed to and, and all the stuff in your, in your bathroom that we didn't even talk about, right? All the, all the stuff for your face and your, and your arms and the lotions and the, we're talking about something that here's what really irks me. When, and, and a lot of my, um, a lot of my, some colleagues will get mad at me when I say this, but when they say the dose makes the poison, it's half true, not full true, right? The dose makes the poison is a very early 90s way of thinking when it comes to toxicology, right? For many reasons. If the dose, dose makes the poison, how the hell do you explain mercury toxicity if I ate a can of tuna every single day for six months, right? It's a small dose, right? You can eat a can of tuna. You're not going to get mercury poisoning, but it takes nothing in, it takes no consideration into bioaccumulation of chemicals because there's water soluble chemicals, there's fat soluble chemicals, right? And they stay in our body. Something like heavy metals, they have an affinity for many different parts of our body, including our brain, including our bone, including our organs. So something like a heavy metal that doesn't work when you say dose makes a poison. There's also something called the non-monotonic dose response. When someone says to me, BPA, dose makes the poison. So you can, sure, you can drink out of water bottles, plastic water bottles, that's fine. It doesn't take into account because the belief is, and early in toxicology, when you see something like BPA, low dose will cause low amount of symptoms. And it's a dose-dependent response. The higher the dose, the more symptoms. Well, they found something called a non-monotonic dose response is that at low levels, even lower than we expected, there is an uptick in the symptoms. So it doesn't, it's, it's not a linear pattern where the lower the dose, the higher the response. It's sort of like a peak, a valley, and a peak. So even at really low doses of BPA, we find through the endocrinology, endocrinology aspect of it, not the toxicology aspect, but really how it affects our hormones, our hormones are affected even at really low doses, actually lower than are regulated by our system. Right, lower than right, the lower than the government regulations are putting out, even lower than that, it's affecting our hormones. So something to think about when the dose makes the poison. I, I needed to make that that point. Right, things accumulate in our body. It's not <laughs> toxins aren't in a vacuum. Toxins work together. We don't even know how half the toxins work together. We just know that you have not one toxin in a vacuum, but you have a whole soup of them, and they're all working together. And some you pee out, some you poop out. Some stay in your body for years. PFAS stay into your body 18 to 25 years, if not more, right? So it's a, the, the whole toxin conversation really drives me crazy. But regardless, I know I'm saying a lot, regardless, moving into a new home, it's our responsibility, especially if we have kids. Let's make sure. Let's make sure that the, we're not using chemicals on the walls. What we're bringing into the home is sacred. The couches, the rugs, the beds, right? The products that we're using, the water that we're using. And like you said, the, one of my favorite things you said is forget, forget the, the pantry and all the space for all the dishes I'm not using. Create more community with your loved ones, right? Have more time face-to-face where you're not on your phones and you're connecting. Because as human beings, we are tribal. We want to connect. We want to feel loved and grateful for and be grateful and love. So if we can, if we can facilitate and nurture the more of that through something like a round table, and you can invite all your friends including me and, and Sound T and Salim and all of us, and we can have a really good connecting evening, then that, that is true, true health. 
right? That's true health. Instead of looking for the next supplement to take, and I own a supplement company, so I, and I can still say that. Instead of looking for the next supplement to take, why don't, we, why don't we find more ways to get back to nature, including our nature, and especially with community, as I just mentioned. I love that you keep going back to that mental, emotional piece because it is community. We are tribal. It is, it is our relationships that support our healing and facilitate, help us facilitate it. And you did mention something that I'd like to go back to because we, we, we are talking a lot about chemicals in the home and the air and our water and, and the bioaccumulation of chemicals that can make people feel a little bit overwhelmed. But you did say we pee them out and we poop them out and we have the ability to heal and detoxify. So what are ways that we can support our body's natural detoxification processes? If we are like, whoa, this podcast just made us a little overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. but we're going to take this step-by-step. How can we, how can we support the body to heal? Great. Two ways. I mentioned the first part with the resiliency, you've got to build a bigger cup and we all have that capacity. Remember? And And I'll say your genes determine the size of that cup. And also stress. So the more stress you are, even if you have a really giant glass and I have a little shot glass, you could be more stressed and that glass could be getting smaller and smaller. And all of a sudden we got two shot glasses, even though your genetics may be better. So let's pay attention to the resiliency aspect. And when you think resiliency, think getting back to nature. And I mentioned all of those things, getting back to nature. The other part is supporting our inherent detoxification system, right? We, we poop, we breathe, right? We sweat. We pee, right? It comes out through our. It comes out through breath. All of these things are really important detoxification mechanisms. So, how do we support them? Well, are you moving first and foremost? Sedentary lifestyle is a surefire way to really get a sluggish detoxification. So that's why I mentioned walking all the time, moving all the time, sweating all the time. But really, if you're not going to the bathroom every single day, one or multiple times a day then you really have to start thinking about it. Another thing that irks me is when I hear gastroenterologists or a practitioner say, you know, you can go once every three days. That's normal. That's your normal. That's not true, right? We're supposed to sort of eat and then go to the bathroom and then eat and then go to the bathroom. So we have to really think about that because when we defecate and pass on a stool, a lot of those inherent toxins that are being rid from our liver through the bile are coming into and, and being uh, conjugated in the bio are coming out through our poop. And that's helping us detoxify, especially, especially hormone disruptors and especially hormones in general, right? So if you're a woman or a man out there who's suffering from hormone disruption or, or hormonally driven diseases, even something like acne, as simple as acne that we see on uh, that, that's adult onset acne and is not going away and, and you're not pooping, you got to think about, okay, I need to do those things to help me poop more, including movement, right? Including, it, it could literally be that your nervous system is just holding all that in and that you're not moving and you don't feel safe or relaxed. So you have to find those stress relieving techniques to get it moving out of you, right? And eating those really, really good foods, right? Fiber rich foods, soluble fiber, insoluble fiber, complemented with things like fermented foods, which have been a godsend when I was in practice to so many patients. They go, and we've lost that art of eating fermented foods, but complemented fermented foods with prebiotic foods is so important for gut health. And it's so powerful. And people out there are like, wow, I like, 
never knew that I can really heal so much of my gut. And that's, it's a big part of it, the gut health thing, you know, and we talk about it so much ad nauseum, everyone does, but it's true, right? So we really have to optimize that gut health because that's a surefire way to help our detoxification mechanisms going. So move, obviously all the toxins that are going in, be aware of them, right? In your food, in your drink, on your skin, start bringing more awareness to that. Um, what one of the lesser one of the lesser ways is lesser pathways pathways of detox is sweat, but that doesn't stop me from doing the sauna every day. I'm sweating every day like crazy, and I feel great. You know, so make sure that if if you're working out, you're sweating. You're not just working out, going in, doing a soft workout, leaving, and you didn't drip a sweat. And if you have problems sweating, that's a surefire way to tell us that your amunctories or routes of detoxification aren't fully open. So make sure that you are able to sweat. When someone says, Hey doc, I actually never been a sweater in my life. You know, I just, (laughs) you know, like, I don't know. I have a sister. She sweats like, you know, she's in the Mississippi on a June day, but like, I don't, well that, that actually, I always pay attention to. And I'm like, okay, then start getting in the sauna and you'll find someone, if you have issues sweating and you're getting into the sauna regularly, you'll find all of a sudden you're, you're starting to open up those detoxification mechanisms. When you couple that with exercise, movement, right? Moderate to high intensity, anaerobic, aerobic exercise, really powerful way of getting all of that moving. And your lymphatic system needs movement, right? You're, you're moving your blood, but when you need movement, so it's so, so important. That's a massive element. It's a pillar to health. And, and then eating amazing foods. And I know you know all about this, all of those good foods that are supporting your liver. And most of them come from fruits and vegetables, but cruciferous is so important. Those sulfur-rich foods, right? Onion, garlic, artichoke, kale. What am I missing? Brussels sprouts, all of those really good broccoli sprouts, really good ways of supporting your liver to help metabolize those toxins and hormones. So that's, those are the things that are coming into mind and, and easy stuff, right? Like, well, here's what I do. Before every meal, I have either kimchi or coconut kefir or sauerkraut, and I'll take a spoonful and I'll eat it. And that's like my, it's like my pre-medicine before, before I eat. It's like so my supplement before I eat. Yeah, ab- exactly. It gets me going, right? But my gut is the best it is when I do that practice. And then I have a really good meal that is balanced with all the colors of the rainbow. It's got good fiber. Man, I'm pooping regularly. My gut feels good. My brain feels good. My mood is amazing. My energy is amazing. So yeah, gut health is, is so important when it comes to detoxification. Well, you touch on a couple of points. I am curious about your sauna use. You said you use it every single day. What do you recommend for someone if they do have access to a sauna? What is What's the minimum you would recommend and what's the maximum you'd recommend? Have you ever seen anyone overdo it? Yeah, I, if, especially if someone is not hydrating themselves properly, they absolutely overdo. But I'm very particular on making sure that I'm hydrating, not, with a, not only with a ton of water, but mineral-rich water, right? Electrolyte-rich water, right? So I'm adding things to my water to make sure, and I'm eating quality food. So when I get in the sauna, and even like coconut water, I know that I'm, I'm good, right? Three times to six times a week, therapeutically, has been shown to be really powerful for the health benefits for the sauna. I use, I use it because I have one. I, use, I, I don't overdo it. I just do it. It's like, it's, it's part of my ritual because I, 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 it's, remember I talked about like getting in your own space, part of my own space to get away from everyone that is like working in my house and doing stuff. I get in the sauna, I close the door and I do something that is really important for me. And that's expression of art. So I actually rap in the sauna. And that's the way that I express my, my soul's want to create. 
And it's really, really therapeutic because I close it and I put on some beats and I just rap and I rap and I rap three songs. I'm done. And I feel so renewed, not only in my body, but also in my mind, right? Because I, I created art and that's what we're here to do. We're here to create beautiful stuff. So anyway, if you have access to us or, or it's like up the road and you can get a membership, do minimum three times a week, right? Make sure you're drinking enough and hydrating enough that your body, you're not coming out of there and you're exhausted. You come out of there, you should feel good and renewed and make sure you hydrate after two. And that is a game changer. I remember I, I first heard Rhonda Patrick talk about it years ago and I was like, oh, I should sauna more. So then I ended up getting one and it's been like a non-negotiable for me. I'm right there with you. That was my push present for myself. <laughs> Amazing. I was like, I don't Amazing. want diamonds. Mm-mm, no. Mm-mm. Give me a sauna. Mama needs a sauna where she can lock herself in. <laughs> so I, I, what- I love that. Yeah. I purpose like, again, like just, you know, trying to really say like, is this what the world wants me to do? Or is this like what I would like to do and create for my life? And if we have the ability to kind of like reallocate our finances from one place, whether to the place that really aligns with who we, we want to be or who we are, like if we have the ability, and I realize this is a privileged conversation to even be having, but if we can, like I try to empower my clients to ditch the shoe habit, get a sauna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, but you said something and I, and I do agree, right? Because, but even at that, you can sweat every it's privilege or not. You can put on a hoodie and run. Right. So, yeah. And that's, and literally that's what I did most of my life. When I was a struggling college student, undergraduate, and then medical school, I would put on hoodies and I get on the um, treadmill or the elliptical and I would yeah. drip and sweat. And to me, that was my sauna. Right. And then when I was able to get one, right. But regardless, even more powerful than that is what you said, asking yourself, what do you want? So many of us do not only what society has told us to do, maybe what our parents told us to do or community members or the people we looked up to, we forgot our identity of what we want. And imagine, imagine what it does to our body when we're living in tension of literally doing being, having every single day, something that is not in alignment with what we want. And then we have no idea what we want. So I would actually submit and challenge everyone listening. Take some time today to stop, write it out or close your eyes and think about what is it that you want? How do you want to show up in the world? What, what if, if you can get paid for anything in the world, what would you do? And can your job now finance that what you would want to do in this world? Because most of us, and I'm talking about most of us, and I talk to a lot of people all the time because I talk a lot. Most of us would say, I'm not doing what I want to do in this world. I always wanted to create this in this world. We'll show the love that you are to us by creating through that medium. So it gives other people permission to be like, Kelly is doing something that she's like, I don't want a diamond. I wanted to, I'm putting my health first, you know? And then I go, and then I go, I'm going to put my health first, but in a different way. And I'm giving someone else permission. And that's, for me, the way you show love in this world, by just truly doing what is most alignment with your soul. And we forgot how to do that, but I'm challenging everyone today to bring that to your awareness and do it every single day. You heard it here. Dr. Christian Gonzalez is (laughs) challenging you. Now we're going to challenge you, Dr. Christian. You just said that rapping is where you feel Oh no. The most connected to yourself and you're creating. So you have to end this podcast with a little health wrap. 
oh my God, I'm so nervous now. Okay, I'm on the podcast and I just missed Sunday Mass, but I'm drinking sound tea. And you know, me and Kelly are doing the podcast infinitely. We talking about how health is wealth and talking to her is making my heart melt because I see in her, her health and her highest self and she's busting through on the camera crew. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> That was so good. I was feeling it. Yeah. I was feeling it too. If I if I had a beat, I would be able to go longer. But yeah, I just sometimes you just gotta let it out and share it and give people permission. Thank you for challenging me. No one's ever challenged me on a podcast to do it. So I'm so excited that I did it. We'll do it. We'll we'll have you over for a dinner party around that circle table and we'll throw a beat on and you can get everybody excited. I'm already there. I'm already there. <laughs> I'll even take I'll even take it further. I'll, I'll do a whole performance for you. I'll do a whole dramatic Shakespearean performance about whatever topic in the world that you want. I love it. I'm holding you to it. Oh, this is right. so fun. This was really great. Where can people follow along? I mentioned your podcast, but let everyone know where you are on social, what your podcast is called, where they can mm-hmm. find you. I'll put everything in the show notes. Fantastic. Okay. The podcast is called Heal Thyself. And we do knowledge bomb segments about everything from mental, emotional, physical health. We have a product review segment, not every show, but we do product reviews on all different things like energy drinks, snack bars, cleaning supplies, whatever. And then we always have amazing guests. Kelly, you are coming on soon. We're going to have an amazing uh, conversation. We have awesome guests from all walks of life. My Instagram is at dr.gonzalez, D-O-C-T-O-R dot G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z. And I'm always putting content out there. And I just... I'm doing a lot and I'm writing a book. It'll come out next year. And it's all about these things, free sources of resiliency to get back to nature, period, from mental, emotional, and physical, and always. And maybe you'll see me put out a rap album. I love it. You will. You just manifested it right here. So let's make that happen too. Um, We'll have you back when the book comes out and we'll have you over for dinner. Thank you, Kelly. I will be the first one there. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Be Well by Kelly. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at bewellbykelly.com and follow me on Instagram at bewellbykelly. I would love if you picked up my books, Body Love and Body Love Every Day. They're sold on Amazon and at all major booksellers. 